Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this episode for the Human Element miniseries, we're joined by Chris Triolo, VP of Customer Success at Response Software. We sat down at RSA to discuss how to enable analysts with automation, MSSPs, and the human element. This special episode of Breaking Badness is next. Chris, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to talk with me today. It's a crazy week, so thank you for going out of your way to, to sit down and have a conversation with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I have to say, this is the first time I've done a podcast and been surrounded by boomerangs. I'm sorry, surrounded by what? <laughs> boomerangs. Boomerangs, yes. <laughs> They're coming it's, back. It's a dangerous place. Yes, very dangerous. Um but yes, we're, we're here actually at your booth. So thank you for basically having me at your home is essentially what's happening here. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we always could make time at the con, you know, to, to have a podcast at yeah. our booth. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I'm hoping I don't take anybody out here because uh, the equipment is like sticking out to the hall. So if you hear any quick drops audience, it's because we might have physically injured somebody. But it's worth it for the podcast, right? Of course. Of course. Well, <clears throat> These events, in my humble opinion, are a great time to reflect on what's happened in the past year. We all sit here, come back with this um, delightful uh, modern take on carpet and chat about security. And so it's sort of a natural time to think about what we've done well and what we haven't done well. And also, I like to start on a positive note. Things can be a dreary in security. So I'd like to ask you, what do you think we've done better from 2019 to 2020? What have we done better? Um... You know, I, I think as an industry, we are we're getting good at communicating the message to our to our customers, to to the industry. You know what what are you know sort of the the type of solutions that are going to be effective? People understand that customers have so many security products, so much to look at. Right? Yeah. It's very overwhelming. So how do you get more concise in your messaging, right? How do you try to get to the heart of, you know, what your product does? What's that value? How to help a customer? I see it. I see a definite improvement in the way the industry talks about their products. Uh, you can see it on the floor here today. Um, and, you know, you have to. Uh, it's hard to, you know, sort of rise above the noise, if you will. Yeah. Um, but if you can't, you know, have people understand how, you know, what your product does or how it helps in just a few sentences, then, you know, they're moving on to the next one. So Totally. Absolutely. Well, on the flip side of that, I'm curious what you think we can be doing better. What do we need to improve when we come back here in 2021? What could we be doing better? Yeah, I, you know, it's, um, you know, it's hard to say, honestly, because I don't know how else to do this different, you know, really. Yeah. Um, you've got so many vendors out there that, I mean... You know, of course, everybody's trying to make money, but at the same time, you know, most of us in the security world, we really have a a desire to try to improve things, right? I mean, it's most of the you know the guy, people that I know, it's we we really have that you know within us, and it's it's really hard to make that a reality when you're you know in this this craziness you know of the conference where you've got thousands of vendors, you don't know who to look at, who to talk to, and, right. you know, and so forth. 
Um, so trying to figure out how to, I don't know, make this easier on, on, our, on our customers or potential customers, that's definite improvement needs to be made there. Yeah. I just don't know what that answer is, to be <laughs> honest. You know? It's a daunting challenge. And like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise out there. And how do, you, how do you connect with the right people without trying to market to them? But genuinely, like you said, coming from a place of empathy and trying to make their life better. Exactly. Uh, and that's that's the word I would use um, as a through line for every conversation I've had today that's coming up is empathy, empathy, empathy. Everybody's yeah. talking about, you know, there's a lot of hard work that's done in InfoSec. It can be kind of thankless. Um, but people do this because they care about making the Internet a safer place um, for the people that they're serving, essentially, which is a really cool uh, common trait to have in a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to be as consultative as I can, right? Yeah. When you're talking about, uh, you know, how the stuff works, how the solutions work, is like try to teach, try to get people to understand, yeah. you know, what the problems are, how to resolve them, you know. Uh, instead of trying to pitch and kind of be on the marketing side of that, right. just really try to be consultative. And I think then you know, the products just sort of sell themselves at that point, right? Right, Or definitely. the solutions sell themselves because, um, you know, everybody's got something to learn uh, about your product or, or you know, about how things work. And yeah. I think that's our job is really to, you know, to, to get that understanding out. Totally. Yeah. And it sounds like, if I'm understanding you correctly, probably the first place you should start is by listening and understanding what are those, what, are, what could make your job better? And we may or may not be the right solution for that but right. how can we make this better for you so yeah definitely appreciate that and um, speaking of that you know obviously a, an issue that comes up all the time is the skills gap um, the shortage the skill shortage um, and that you know, all these people are experiencing burnout and it's a major lift from a mental health perspective to be taking on this anxiety for your users and people essentially just can't do it for long periods of time with how things are currently working so what, what are your views on the skills gap? What can we be doing better? What are some solutions in your mind to help solve that? Yeah, I mean, and I guess first I'd like to go to that, you know, sort of burnout and, you know, what we do in our security operations centers in particular is we take these junior analysts, right? Yeah. These are young people, sometimes young, but, you know, inexperienced. Um, and we put them in front of a console to monitor thousands of events an hour or a minute, you know, depending on how, how busy your environment is. Yeah. And we tell them, we say, this is the most important thing you could do for our company. You're protecting us from cyber criminals. Now go, right? <laughs> and we expect them to be able to just excel at this, right? Right. And not be stressed and worried and, you know, and so forth. And I think that's how it starts. And then it quickly turns to burnout because the console just never ends. If you ever sat console and just watched the security events come in and you're the one who's you know, gonna be the, the person who figures out whether or not this is the one out of a thousand that you need to address, right? right? To save your company from being hacked, Yeah. right? What kind of, I mean, that's a ton of pressure to put on someone. And we do that to our junior analysts, right? And the reason right. is, is because that job is, it's kind of a tough job. We don't. You know, the more senior we get, we don't, you know, we don't want to monitor console anymore. Right. So we get promoted and then we don't do that. 
And so you can only get junior folks, you know, in that in that job. Right. Uh, and of course, like I said, there, you know, it could be the deer in headlights kind of situation, right? It's like, yeah. how am I going to deal with that? You know, from a skills gap perspective, it, you know, I just think of myself back when I started in this industry, which I can't believe it's 20 years ago plus, right? Congratulations. And uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been two decades. Back in the day, and this has not changed, information security, uh, knowledge and, um, you know, education, courses, all this stuff is available online. It's free. A lot of it is free. Right. You can do your own research. You can, you know, really set up your own labs, hack your own web servers, figure out how this stuff works, right? Yeah. Um, it's really cool. I don't know a lot of industries like this one where, you know, all of that information is available to you if you just want to, you know, sort of go and take it, right? Right, yeah. And yet, you know, in our industry, the problem has just, it's gotten bigger and bigger. More and more organizations need more and more people to cover mm -hmm. this, you know, this problem. Right. And whether it's, you know, the, the companies or customers trying to protect themselves, or it's the vendors trying to build the solutions for them, yeah. the skills gap is just, it's just huge. I mean, or, or the people shortage maybe is another way to say it. It's just we right. don't have the people we need. There's all these gloom and doom predictions. We're going to have 2 million person shortage by 2021 and, you know, these right. kinds of things. And, you know, how do you deal with that, right? It's, yeah. it's tough. And it's also, it's a, a matter of not only the... A gap maybe in people uh, some might say that we do have the people right and it's just a matter of expanding what our view is of how we come in and hire and recruit people that don't follow like a very specific track into security right um, and so people coming from like backgrounds in philosophy or psychology or poli sci or all these different areas that have transferable skills and how can we use their their different thought process to help solve really complex problems. Right. It's a right. really interesting challenge. We need everyone's well, help. <laughs> and what's happened, you know, I I think that's part of the problem here that that has sort of created this is the data. Like the amount of data is exploding, right? Mm. And so with that, the amount of security events are exploding that have to be monitored and all yeah. of this. And the answer is automation. It's turning to machines right. to do the heavy lifting for us. We cannot keep putting people in front of data and hoping that this is going to scale. It just does not scale. Absolutely. Right? So we have to figure out how to leverage automation. That doesn't mean that people go away, right? It means 100%. that we're able to use people doing what they do best, which is, you know, curiosity, creativity, you know, like you said, applying those different disciplines like yeah. psychology and these other, you know, uh, uh, disciplines to the security problem, yeah. but allow them to do, you know, what, what humans are good at. You know, for example, collaboration. Machines don't collaborate well. If you've got right. a security event going on in your, you know, in your environment and you've got to have the, the SOC team talking to the incident response team who's then talking to the CIO or CISO and and then your HR team, perhaps, and the legal team, right? This is all human-to-human -human kind of stuff yeah. that machines cannot, you know, uh, replicate. But what they can do is look at 
a billion alerts a minute, right? That's right. what they're really good at. 100%. So let's have them do that so that humans could do the, I mean, the fun work. I don't know if you call it fun. I mean, yeah. I, I maybe. I think so. More challenging, more um, high, high value mental process. High value. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's, I think people have, that's absolutely what I'm hearing from folks in the industry is this exactly what you're talking about. So how can we, how can we take some of that stress and anxiety off of these, these defenders, these blue teamers and allow them to solve the difficult problems. So hopefully, you know, we can continue to enable that through what we're offering as an industry and also collaborating together so that we can continue to to build on that. I'd be interested to see if threat hunters are happier than, you know, like a a SOC analyst. Yeah. Right. I mean, just in terms of overall enjoyment, you know, do they enjoy their jobs more? I suspect they do. Right. 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 It's, it's more that investigation, sleuthing, you know, Sleuthing's a great description, right? threat hunting. Professional sleuther. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that would be a great survey to run and just say, like, what's your general, what's your job satisfaction? A little sentiment scale there and see. I bet I would agree. Yeah, that would be my thesis as well. So I'm curious. I, I want to pivot into um, a fun question that I like to ask, which is, what is a buzzword or metaphor that you hear in security that just gets to you well there are many i have to say (laughs) there are so many um ai might be on the top of the list for me right now um ai machine learning right it's a lot of claims out there about that and uh you know if you really think ai is 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 math is really what we're talking about is math, right? Right, right. Um, and it's applying mathematical algorithms to, you know, whatever, in order to, you know, to, to pull intelligence out of that, right? Um, but it's very overused term. I think as an industry, you know, every year there's this kind of reinvention, like how do we, you know, how can we reinvent ourselves and like what can we focus on, you know, as a, as yeah. a uh, you know, new area to, again, it's that, how do I, it's a shiny new object problem, right? How do we differentiate from everyone else? How do we stand out against all of these security vendors? Yep. Um, so we'll glom on to terms like that, like AI, right? Yeah. Without really understanding, you know, what that means and mm-hmm. how it's actually applied, you know? Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. That resonates with me as well. Um, I think too, just understanding it's, it's, a skill that not a lot of people necessarily are comfortable with as well with machine learning. So it's difficult to ask the right questions when you're trying to suss out a vendor, right? Like what's snake oil, what's real, what's the added value of this, um, identifying basically anomalous behavior right. with a machine outlook. So I'd be curious to see how that improves or change. It's a matter of time, but. It's interesting. I feel like 2019 was the year of AI, of ML. Yeah. where I'm not hearing it as much this year, which I feel is is somewhat refreshing, I suppose. And But I haven't really heard the buzz term of this year's conference. I don't know if you've picked up anything yet. Have you? Have you seen? Um, there hasn't been like a one word. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like even at Black Hat last year, I feel like automation was rampant. Automation. Um, and But I don't, I haven't seen something like that at RSA, which is... 
Interesting. I have seen some like t-shirts and lines I'm not crazy about and feel yeah. um, sort of like a like a Titanic situation where it's like, you <laughs> sure you want to make that claim? I feel like this is going to backfire. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you on that. Maybe Absolutely. that's something we're doing better than this there you year, go. right? We Yay. haven't just glommed on to yes. you know, this term. A, we're more creative this year, coming up with our own stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to get a little bit deeper into what what you specialize in okay um and and along the same lines to some extent of skills gap but i'm curious uh, what are some things to consider when onboarding like an mssp and maybe what are some warning signs that if you have an mssp that they're not right for you because i know mssps are one of the ways that we're trying to mine the gap so to speak with this the skill shortage is using these third parties so do you have any recommendations in, in that uh, regard well, certainly MSSPs are getting popular more. I mean, I say getting, they've been popular, but it's it seems to be even more so. And it's, as you said, it's the skills gap problem. It's like, right. if I can't build it internal, maybe it's just best to give it to a provider. And in some cases, it, it, it maybe actually is best because if you literally do not have the skills and have no intention of building those, you know, right. you got to have someone doing security for you, right? So yeah. it's a natural uh, turn, you know, for a, for a customer to do that. Um, I, you know, I think that I like references, you know, I, if, before I would engage with an MSSP, I'm really wanting to talk to other customers at MSSP. Right. In no way is it going to be a perfect service, right? It's not. So tell me what's good. Tell me what's bad. Right. And right. it's hard as vendors to, you know, want to admit, well, we do this very poorly or, you know, it's, yeah. you're not going to get that, right? <laughs> that kind of straight talk, honest talk out of a vendor. Right. Um, but, you know, trying to get them to share a bit, you know, what are their, their challenges or, you know, one thing too, which we, you know, sometimes we always think about, you know, what is the MSSP uh, able to do and like sort of what is their level of expertise and competence and, but it's really a, it's a relationship between both parties, the MSSP and the customer, right. and the customer really has to come and bring their, you know, their side of it too, right? Like you have to enable or help the vendor to integrate with your org, whether it's your processes, your people, your technology, right? It's all Absolutely. of those things. And I think we could be doing, we could be helping our MSSPs a lot more if we, you know, if we brought those right. Uh, you know, sort of uh, level of emphasis and priority uh, when we're onboarding, yeah. right? It would be super helpful. Um, you know, as far as an MSSP goes, I, I really want to see them in a in a trial phase, catching bad guys, you know, yeah. and minimizing false positives. I think it's one of the it's one of the big challenges with MSSPs is they're going to call you a lot with false positive alerts, right? And um, you know, you get tired of that over time. It's it gets to be, you know, pretty pretty rough. Uh, I think that, you know, the the false positive problem is one thing, but if you're finding the bad guys too, you know, maybe have a little more tolerance for, you know, dealing with the the, the false positives. Right. Um, I like the idea of doing, you know, some kind of security testing up front, penetration testing, red teaming, mm. see if the if they pick it up. Yeah. You know, first, but be sure they have an opportunity to pick it up. For example, you've got sensors in place that would have detected that activity. And then, you know, the MSSP had a chance to see that 
and, you know, make that call. Absolutely. It's always frustrating when someone's like, well, I did a social engineering attack and we called and got your secretary to share a password. It's like, okay, well, that's a great attack. I get it. It works, <laughs> works every time, but that right. really didn't test my network defenses or, you know, anything like right, that. Right, right. So let's be fair in right. how we do it, you know, do it. Absolutely, which is a, a, a perfect for, uh, foray into the theme of this RSA, speaking of, which is the human element. Yeah. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on this theme for RSA and just what you think in general about how we can better communicate with the user, essentially, to set them and the whole organization up for success. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure what to make of the theme because I've looked at it from two or three different perspectives. You know, one is sort of what you were saying is mm -hmm. that the human is the user and maybe that's who we have to protect or maybe that's who our greatest weakness is <laughs> or, you know, right? right? Yeah. Um, but the other way to look at it is, you know, how the human is, is gonna help solve the problem, right? 100%. And so, you know, like in other words, we can't leave it all to machines, right? Yeah. And I think that's an interesting, you know, kind of turn from the automation messaging that we, you know, kind of embraced last year and, you know, in years prior. Yeah. As I said earlier, I mean, automation is key. We have to be doing this. It's the only way to win. But we really want to see a collaboration between humans and machines, right? Working together, machines augmenting humans, but you still need the humans. It's Absolutely. not about removing humans from this picture. We're nowhere near that. We're nowhere near that time where, you know, we could... Forget about the skills gap and the people shortage because right. we don't need people anymore. It's it's right. it's going to continue, you know, on like you see it today. But how do we get smarter about that? How do we get you know the two working together? Uh, humans teaching machines, mach right. machines teaching humans, and uh, you know doing a better job overall. Absolutely. Think of them as your coworker, not as your, you know, someone here is going to take your job or you know something like right. that. Right. Absolutely. Which is, it's funny too. There's a. Um, a museum in Seattle called the Living Computer Museum, and it's a Paul Allen Institute. Mm -hmm. um, and they have you know, some content that they play in there about when some of these more like personal computers were coming out, and it's the same sentiment, kind of the, the fear of backlash against automation of, is this going to take my job? But the reality, and the, the person says in the video, no, it's going to help take away the boring part of your job and allow you to focus on the things you enjoy. So it's funny that it's this trope that will continue, I'm sure, to go through every time there are these innovations that involve the machine. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's to take the boring part. Yes. You know, it's to take the, the shit part of your job <laughs> out. Yeah. Right? We want to automate the things we hate to do. Yes. You know? The, you know, the Roomba vacuum, right? You know, why did that even take off at all? Because right. people do not enjoy vacuuming. Yeah. I, some people do, actually. It's, maybe there's a sense of, you know, neatness or cleanliness, order that you get from vacuuming. But in general, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Let a machine do it. Why not, right? And, yeah. you know, that's what I think about security alerts, right? Why have a human sitting there doing something they hate? In fact, something that's an impossible task that they're never going to be able to be good at. Absolutely. Right? Let's yeah. let's offload that, yeah. right? I don't see anybody complaining about that. Not really, you know, they shouldn't right. be. Yeah. You know. It's hard not to make a vacuuming sucks kind of joke, but it's right there <laughs> in front of me, so I just have to put that in there. <laughs> well, 
I've really enjoyed our conversation. And again, just as we started, I want to end on a positive note. And, you know, because this can be an incredibly thankless job. And like you said, a lot of people are coming from a place of empathy of just trying to make the world and the internet at large a better place. So are there any people that inspire you or that you look up to in the industry that you want to give a, a call out to? Hmm. Well, maybe not a specific individual, but every startup company out there, because startups are hard. You know, I'm working in a startup now. It's my first one. And I, I wanted to do this, right? Because I wanted the experience of that and to understand what it's all about. Yeah. But it's definitely, you know, it's, it's the most challenging thing I think I've ever done in my career. And everybody who's out there doing that, you know, hats off to you because it can be, you know, it can be very rewarding, but it's also a grind, you know, when you're trying to get yourself out there and, you know, hoping you've got enough runway to essentially get your solution exposed to the industry and, you know, and picked yeah. up by, by companies. This is where the innovation comes from. I don't see, and I'm not trying to knock large companies, but, you know, they're not, they're not really positioned to innovate. Not really. You know, right. they, they tend to be in a position of sort of kind of keeping the status quo going and, um, and all that. I think the most of the innovation is coming out of the startup and we continue to need you know, need that if we're yeah. going to get better at this. And 100%. so I guess that's who I admire at this, at this time. That makes sense. And like, like you're saying, it's a race against the threat actors and a race against maybe at one point the machines. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's great to have startups in there innovating. Like you're saying, there's so much more agile. You have to be so much more agile and you have that broken down hierarchy and bureaucracy to, to allow for that to actually um, to get in there and create so thank you for doing the grind so that we can get better as an industry. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Chris. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your uh, RSA 2020. All right. Thank you. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.